0: Good morning, this is Bible lesson, Silas Perlumi, Adelike. We're looking at 1st Samuel chapter 21. Looking at how David is now on the run. Our topic for this morning is on the run. So we're reading 1st Samuel chapter 21. David went to Nob, to Haimelech, the priest. Haimelech trembled when he met him and asked, Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Haimelech, the priest. The king charged me with a certain matter and said to me, No one is to know anything about your mission and your instructions. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us. As usual, whenever I set out, the men's things are holy even on a that are not holy, how much more so today? So the priest gave him the conscripted bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by earth bread on the day it was taken away. Now one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord, it was George, the Edomite, Saul's head shepherd. David asked Aimelech, don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon, because the king's business was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is there. It is wrapped in a cloth, behind the apple. if you want it, take it. There is no sword here, but that one, David said, There is none like it, give it to me. That day David fled from Saul and went to Akish, king of Gath. But the servant of Achish said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? Since he the one they sing about in their dances, Saul has slain his thousands and David is tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Akish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence, and while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gates and letting saliva run down his beard. Akish said to his servant, Look at the man, he is insane. Why beg him to me? Am I sure sort of madman? That you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me. Must this man come into my house? Bible lesson Silas a delicate Have you ever felt like you are on the run? You may not be literally running for your life like David was. But anytime you are feeling harassed, restless, in between, in transition of your game, out of your routine, basically, anytime you are in trouble, you can relate to David's being on the run here in 1 Samuel 21. After Saul tried to murder David multiple times, then Saul even attacked Jonathan, his own son. David knew it was no longer safe to go back to Saul's home. David is now officially on the run for the rest of the book of 1 Samuel. He is an outlaw. He is a fugitive. He is literally running for his life as Saul continually tries to track him down. Today, we are going to look at the first two places David visited when he was on the run from Saul. First, we will look at David at Nob, where he lies to the high priest. And then we look at David at Gat where he ends up acting like a madman. And along the way, we will learn some important lessons for those times when it feels like you are on the run. The most important of those lessons, of course, is learning to trust God. If David is going to make it, he's going to need to trust God. So let's look at David first at Nob, and then at Gat. The first place David goes when he's on the run is the city of Nob, where the high priest lived. David pays a visit to the high priest at Nob, but unfortunately ends up deceiving the high priest while he is there. This will have dire consequences in the future. And so once again, we face the problem of lying. So David first stops in the city of Nob where he goes to Haimelech, the high priest, to gather supplies. David particularly needs food and weapons. Haimelech trembles with fear when David comes to meeting alone. You obviously suspect something is wrong. He ask David, why are you alone? Why is no one with you? Instead of telling him the truth, David lies to the high priest. He says Haimilek is on a special mission from the king and asks him for bread for him and his men. We have looked at this problem of lying several times in the David and Saul narrative. We have seen David, Jonathan and Micah, David's wife, all tell lies in order to protect themselves and each other from Saul. So. We have looked at several examples in scriptures where people told lies in an extreme situation in order to save lives. We have seen that although the Bible does not explicitly condemn those people who felt compelled to lie in extreme situation, it also never approves of their lying. A lie is still a lie, even when told with good motivation to protect someone else. It's important to remember that the Bible doesn't record these lies to teach us that it's okay to lie. The Bible records these lies because the people involved lied. The Bible doesn't cover that up. In other words, the Bible is very truthful about people who lie. David's life, as, rec- as recorded in scripture, is a real life. David is a real person, and real people make mistakes. Real people mess up. Real people sing. Real people tell lies. And God loves us always. Now, it could be David's lies to Haimelech, hoping to protect him, trying to keep him from getting involved, or perhaps David was just watching out for himself. Either way, if Haimelech was being exposed to danger, and he was, He had the right to know. He had the right to make his own decision about the matter, and by lying to him, David denied him that right. But whatever David's reason for lying, the problem with lying is that it violates the truth, and God is a God of truth. God is truth, and that's why God hates lies. Proverbs 12, verse 22 says, The God detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Lying can be a weak temptation when you are in times of trouble. It can be a real temptation when you are on the run. Lying is convenient and it may seem like the only option at the time. But lying also demonstrates a lack of trust in God. And lying has consequences. Lying can create further problems for you and others down the road. As we will see, David lies to Haimelech. We have terrible consequences for Haimelech and all the priests of Nob down the road. David asks for bread, but Haimelech doesn't have any ordinary bread. So he gives David the bread normally reserved for the priest. This was known as the bread of the presence. Only the priests were allowed to eat this bread and hold it in a special place. So even though giving this bread to David and his men was technically against the rules, Aimelech decided the need for life and sustenance was more important in this case. Jesus later commended Aimelech's decision. We read in Matthew chapter 12, verse 1-7 to 7, how the Pharisees criticized Jesus' disciples for picking some grain on the Sabbath when they were hungry. Jesus refers them back to this very incident with Amalek and David. He tells the Pharisees that the purpose of the law is to have mercy on others and so Amalek did nothing wrong here. In other words, God gives us his rules for our good and protection and so that we will be loving and merciful to others. As the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 13 verse 10, Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Basically, when we follow God's rules, good results, and when we speak the good of others, we follow God's rules. That is the reason for rules, to love God and do good to our fellow man. And so, Amelie does nothing wrong in giving David the consecrated bread here. As we continue with David at Nob, we also gain some insights on dealing with danger. The danger crops up right away in verse 7. Verse 7 introduces us to Doeg the Hedomite. And right away, you know this guy is going to be trouble. It's like in a film where they first introduce the bad guy, there will be a whole group of people in the room. When suddenly the camera lingers on one person's face, there's something shifty about their eyes and some ominous music plays in the background, and you know right away this guy is a villain and you better watch out for him. Well, that's Dredge. Dredge is a menacing shadow figure in this bus. As it turns out, Dredge is an informer, a member of some secret police, and his presence here at Nob. David and Haimelech will be devastating. David knows that he is dealing with a dangerous situation. So he asks Haimelech for weapons next. Haimelech gives him the sword of Goliath, which David gladly accepts. As Christians, we are to seek the good of others and not their harm. But that does not mean that we cannot use weapons to protect ourselves or others. Even Jesus told his disciples they could pick up swords to protect themselves. Refer to Luke chapter 22, verse 35 to 38. And so Haimelech gives David the bread of the Presence and the Sword of Goliath. Like David, we also come to God's sanctuary for bread and a sword, to be fed and equipped by God's word. David leaves the city of Nob and goes next to Gath. Gath was one of the five great cities of the Philistines. It was also Goliath's hometown. You might be thinking, David must be crazy to go there, but you've got to admit, it was the last place Saul would think of looking for him. It just goes to show how desperate David is to get away from Saul that he will try hiding out in Goliath's hometown. We learn a number of things on David's stay at Gath. First of all, your actions follow you. David probably hoped he could hide out at Gath for a while, but he was recognized and people turned him over to Achish, the king. They even knew the song the that sang about David. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Do you remember who the tens of thousands in that song are? There are tens of thousands of Philistines and here David is in one of the Philistines' capital cities have been brought to the king. Now once again, it was probably not the best idea for David to go straight into Goliath's hometown, carrying Goliath's sword. But a reminder to all of us that your actions follow you, both for good and for bad. And that's important to remember because a lot of times when you are on the run, what are you doing? You are trying to escape the things of your past where you should really be facing them. When you are on the run, you are often trying to escape your past, but the past has a way of catching up with you, for good or for hate. We read in First Timothy chapter 5, verse 24-25, the sins of some people are obvious reaching the place of judgment ahead of them, the sins of others trail behind them in the same way, good deeds are obvious and even those that are not cannot be hidden. We are who we have, we've done what we've done and nothing can really change that. But the goodness of Christianity is that Jesus not only died for our sin, He also came to redeem your past. We all make many mistakes, but God doesn't make any. We offer up our own lives to Christ, not just part of it. And Christ redeem your whole life. And in God's providence, He will take even those things you may be ashamed of and would rather forget. And He will turn them into something good and beautiful according to His plan. So that is the first thing we learn from David's time at God. Your actions follows you. David was recognized and was brought to the king. And then finally, at Gath, we see David making desperate measures. David is rightly afraid of Achish and what Achish might do to him. So he pretends to be a madman, marking masks on the doors and letting the saliva run down on his bed. And you know what? It works. Achish no longer sees David as a threat and he lets him go. Desperate times cause for desperate measure. David has come a long way from being the hero who defeated Goliath. Now he deals to pretend to be a man while dwelling on his own bead. You are going to have mountains and valleys in life and you better be prepared for both. Later, David will reflect on this incident and realize that God was protecting him the whole time. Psalm 34 was written about this incident. Some of the Psalms in the Bible have what we call inscription at the beginning that give you the background of the Psalm. The inscription at the beginning of Psalm 34 tells us that this is a psalm of David. When he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. The psalm is a psalm of praise to God for how he delivered his people in times of trouble. David writes in Psalm 34 verse 4 to 6, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my tears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their face are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard them. He saved him out of all his troubles. Desperate times cause for desperate measures. David was desperate. You know, you are pretty desperate when you are running around like a madman and drooling on your bread. David was desperate, but God rescued him from danger. Like David, you may know, experience times where you have to take desperate measures in your life. But when those times of desperation come, remember that God is there to help you. When you face desperate times, remember David's testimony in Psalm 34, verse 6. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. When you are on your own, when you are facing difficult times, you will be tempted to make many wrong decisions. David made a lot of mistakes when he was on your own, and some of those mistakes cost him and others dearly. But even when you make mistakes, know that God is still with you. God is still with you. Helping you, guiding you, steering you in the right direction. God is always with you, even and even and especially during the hard times. Look to Him, listen to Him, cry out to Him, and most of all, trust Him. Jesus rescued us from sin and Satan and death when He died for us at the cross. You can trust Him to help you in times of trouble. God bless you. Bible lesson. Salasmanu. Adeleke.